boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should've never sent them to pick up the work for me. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Welcome to a somber edition of Chuddy's Corner. I am Ben Handler, joined as always by Nick Perino. How's it going, Nick? Not great, Ben. I think that uh, that's a pretty fair summation of how we're all doing. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, of course, you can listen to Chuddy's Corner on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Chuddy's Corner. You can subscribe, like, write a review. We love the feedback. You can also watch on Vimeo or on nickperino.com to uh, see the disdain on our faces as we give you these takes. Um, and then, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Nick is at underscore Nick Perino. I am at King Chuddy. So coming to you now every week, as I mentioned last week, we were with you last Wednesday, I believe. Um, we had some some optimism, left feeling pretty decent about the uh, the stretch run of the season, thinking maybe things were finally starting to come together. Since we potted last week, there have been three games. It was a resounding win against a tanking and decimated Orlando Magic team. Then Friday night, just a bad loss to a desperate Bulls team. Kind of took it to us. And then in what many were calling the biggest game of the season on Sunday afternoon, we uh, got it handed to us by kind of rival, the Miami Heat. So one and two in the past week, now 35 and 33 overall. Celtics are, uh, it seems like pretty, pretty well situated in that seven seed as we're now two games back of Miami in sixth and two games up on Charlotte in eighth. Of course, play the Heat again tonight as we're recording this. It's Tuesday at about 2 p.m. Um, so, I mean, there, there is an outside chance we could beat the Heat. We'd move within a game of them. We'd have the tie break. So we could catch them. Um, and I mean, the, we could lose out. The Hornets could catch us, although we have the tie break over them. But it's looking more and more likely like we'll be that seven seed and like we will be in that play-in game. Now, <laughs> I said it was a somber podcast, and that was partially because of those performances and where we stand. But the bigger reason is, of course, Jalen Brown in the news yesterday that he will now be out for the season. He will be getting wrist surgery on Friday to replace to uh, repair some torn ligaments, and that the recovery from that is three to six months, which would uh, put him, you know, right on track around the start of next seasons. On top of that, uh, we learned that Rob Williams has had some turf toe. He tried to tough it out. Sunday against the Heat lasted about 11 minutes and then did not return. And now he's been ruled out tonight. So just as it seems we were finally getting healthy, we've now realized that we not only are not getting healthy, but now we will officially never see this team healthy. So Nick, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, that's probably, probably the biggest takeaway would be something to do with, with the health of the team. Uh, is that fair to say, or is that not your biggest takeaway from the past week? No, I mean, that's 
that's that's got to be the biggest takeaway. Um, I mean, I don't even know if that's like I didn't have it as my number one takeaway because it's just it's just a fact. Um, I mean, you have you know I have a few other things on my list. Some actually have a, some decent positives. Um, oh yeah, we're we're gonna get sure. positives. We're definitely yeah. gonna get positive because uh, we need it. <laughs> yeah, but for this, yeah, I mean that's that is the takeaway. Um, you know, we're not gonna see. Like you said, we're not going to see this team healthy. We've been sort of trending towards that the last few weeks, months, um, you know, before, you know, most of the season where there was just seemed like there was no hope and it was never going to happen. And then, you know, kind of got a little glimmer of, of hope. But, um, yes, I mean, now it's, it's officially – it's official that it's not going to happen. Um, we're not going to have yeah. a healthy team. Um, we're not going to have, you know – a partially healthy team even because I mean Jalen Brown is you know a humongous part of the team obviously so you know it's not like one of our rotational guys is out or a couple rotational pieces or you know even like Mm -hmm. Kemba for that matter Um, right you know our ceiling is much higher with with Jalen um you know for a lot of reasons and it's just you know that's 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 the season in, in a nutshell mostly um so, you know, I don't want to say put a fork in it, but put mm-hmm. a fork in it, you know, it's, it's done. Um, unfortunately, I mean, there's some <laughs> things to potentially look forward to and be happy about, but yeah, the season's mm-hmm. the season ended, you know, probably in a fitting way. So. Yeah, it's uh, it is kind of the story of the season, unfortunately has and will be health and, uh, I don't want to do a full, you know, eulogy of the season because we got a lot of we got a long summer, a long off season where we can do all of that. So, uh, you know, while there are still games left, I want to kind of stick to the team and what's still happening out there. But, yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible to avoid this. And it's been a theme all year, the health. But, yeah, there was kind of that carrot dangling at the end. Like, let's just get to the playoffs with our top seven guys healthy. And we'll see. We we kind of all still liked our chances. It's been alluded to, um, you know, there kind of is this sleeping giant potential if we can actually ever just see it. But, you know, that hope's gone now. And like you said, it's it's Jalen Brown is our second best player. He's an all-star. He's 25 a game. He's three-level scoring. He's 40% three-point shooting. He's a rebounder. He plays defense. He's, he's everything. He's, a, you know, he's one of the leaders of the team. And, yeah, like you said, it's – it's hard enough. You lose any guy from that top seven, it's hard to replace with uh, the Celtics. We've seen that all year long. But to take away one of the clearly two most important guys on the team, yeah, it's just it's insurmountable. Um, yeah, I mean, can guys step up and look good here and there? Absolutely, they can. They can get cover what Brown does in in like spurts here and there, but he's irreplaceable to the team. Um, you know, there's things Brad can try. There's other guys who can step up, but yeah, you just can't replace what he does and pulling those guys up just makes you worse at the margins. So an already, uh, thin team (laughs) just got a lot thinner, obviously, and lost a guy who's, who's been, you know, probably one of the most durable guys on the team all year and obviously one of the best players. So that's just sad. Um, And, you know, we've talked all year about the the COVID stuff. Not only have the Celts lost by far the most guys to COVID for games, but I think that really kind of like even understates the problem because I think Tatum only actually missed five games because of COVID. But then you could argue he basically missed another month getting back 
to the shape he was in before COVID. And you could say the same for Fournier as we just saw him come back and yeah, he was on the court, but he was not himself uh, after recovering from the COVID. And then beyond that, it was, we started off the year with Kemba injured. Then when, then it was Marcus who went down with an injury. Rob Williams has been in and out and now it's Jalen. So it's, yeah, it's sadly just never going to happen. And I mean, to, uh, to really lay it out there when I say never, like, I mean, it's never happened and it never will because if you want to say that our top seven guys, um, you know, at, at beginning of the year, it was Kemba, Marcus, the Jays, Rob, Tice, um, and Tristan, I guess. And now we basically swapped out Tice for Fournier. That top seven <laughs> before and after the deadline, those seven guys have never all participated in the same game <laughs> literally not once all season so uh yeah i guess at the end of the day it was just a pipe dream and i mean on top of that you can you can whittle it down even more even the the best four perimeter guys that we talked about kemba marcus and the jays only played together in 17 games all season long i think it was the 13th uh you know you throw in them and rob as the starting unit only started seven games we were six and one in those games so uh yeah, it's just sad. It's frustrating. And it, it, you know, it seems like just as some guys are turning it around, we're losing others. It's been all year and maybe it's for the best. Now we can stop convincing ourselves. It's eventually going to happen because we know that it's just not. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing with, well, I'm going to get into more of the rest of the takes, but you know, when we have, we finally have Kemba playing, you know, basically like Kemba or at least close to it. And then Fournier's playing, you know, great basketball. So you figure you can make up, partially make up for Jalen's loss with the two of them now playing well. But then, you know, we're not making up. We have no one else to make up for, you know, people stepping up into Fournier's role, Fournier's role and Kemba's role. So it's like, maybe we're making up for, yeah, we're making up for the loss of Jalen, but now we're not getting the production out of those two guys that we needed yeah. behind Jalen. There goes our bench scoring right. or whatever. But. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's really the biggest disappointment for me is because the guys we were ho- waiting on are finally here. And then the guy that we've had all year mostly is now gone. So right. um, I don't know. It just, it just kind of seems like a fitting way for the season to kind of wind down. So yeah. Um, Whatever, Maybe let's it's, just let's just get Jalen healthy and you know look towards the off season, see what we can do. Yeah, so I mean about that a little bit, I guess. First of all, I'll take a minute to just appreciate how awesome Jalen was this season and the leap he took, averaging career highs across the board. I mean, like I already said, he became a twenty-five point a game scorer. He was up around three and a half assists, making some plays. The rebounding numbers were there. He's playing good defense still, and the shooting. I mean, again, he's going to finish the year almost at exactly 40% on threes, which is just awesome for him. Um, And that's again, after there was this kind of thing in the middle of the year that they wanted him to kind of change his shot profile from a bunch of mid ranges to threes. Since then he's been averaging eight, eight attempts a game and shooting still nice right around 40%. So to say he took a leap this year would be an understatement as he made his first all-star team and, with a few other breaks it could have been certainly in the mix for an all NBA spot, maybe not just because of competition at the, you know, the guard and forward positions this year. But the point is every year he made a leap this year, he made one of the biggest leaps. Um, so yeah, I mean, just awesome to appreciate. And, and like you said, he was kind of the guy who it felt like was holding the team together at times when other guys were out Jalen seemed like he was always there and always up to the challenge 
Um, and it's, it's been one thing after another. He's had, he's had knee issues and uh, ankle issues, obviously, all year. And now it's the wrist that <laughs> will finally sideline him. Uh, you know, he, play, he gutted it out really all year for us. It's hard to, it's hard to really find any, any spots to, to complain about Jalen. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just hope he heals up. Like you said, you know how hard of a worker he is and how he'll dedicate himself. I hope that this doesn't ruin his off season or kind of set him back at all. As we said, it's, it's a three to six month injury. Um, it's a little scary to think that it's the exact same injury Romeo Langford had. So uh, hoping the recovery goes a little better for Jalen, but again, um, you know, three to six months, the next it's, it's mid May he's getting the surgery Friday. So that'll be what May 15th, May 14th, something like that. And then the next season I think starts in late October is the plan as of now. So uh I just really hope this isn't a lost off season and I'm obviously a wrist, you know, he'll be able to work on some stuff, but uh, dealing with an injury like that, who knows it's, it's a setback. Uh, that's probably an understatement, but again, Jalen is, is the kind of guy you'd, you'd bet on at this point to overcome this and come back stronger. Yep. He, I would say he was arguably, if not arguably our best player for the first half of the year, half of the season, maybe. I mean, at least the first third or so. I mean, at the beginning of the year, he was unbelievable. Um, yeah. And he, you know, there was no way he was going to keep up that pace, you know, from the first month or two, whatever it was. But he still had a really great year, obviously, all-star, um, you know, cusp, all-NBA. Um, and, you know, obviously Tatum came on the second half and they were both great, but... I think he probably carried us the first half of the year. If, you know, we didn't get that high level of play from him, then we would be, you know, we might be under 500 right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, really happy for him. I mean, if, if you told me, you know, Jalen Brown would be a 25 point score, shoot 40% from three, I would say you're crazy. I mean, even, even as recently as last year, I mean, I know he averaged what, like, 2021 last year or something like that yeah but it, um, it didn't feel like this <laughs> yeah right and i mean that's you know so i knew as of last year he was going to be a scorer but still 25 is like elite yeah 20, and it was I, there are a lot of people that average 21 scored. 22 23 but yeah you're putting up well it was good it, it was the way he he started scoring too and how he became yeah. a primary creator whereas last year it was like if we didn't have either kemba or tatum on the court the offense stalled where now this year Jalen was running lineups and carrying rotations a lot of times by necessity, but also because he is capable of that. And he's gotten to a point where when it's Jalen and four kind of non-options, you're confident that he'll get you good looks and that he could take guys off the dribble and set up his own offense. And so again, it's just, he adds new stuff every year. And this year it was like, he was a true three level scorer and a guy who was basically creating offense and kind of running an offense. And yeah, like you said, to think that he would have gotten to this point a few years ago was, was crazy. Yeah. And you know, he's the reason why he's gotten to this point is I'd say 90% just hard work. Cause I mean, he's, he's always had, you know, the physical tools, um, you know, his whole life he's you know, an athletic freak. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if he's a freak, but it's, very athletic um but i mean he's always had that drive to be great um you know there are a lot of people that have that it's just being able to put it all together um mm -hmm. 
so you know, him, you know, finally being able to put it all together and having the season he did, it's, it's great to see. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's such a hard worker and so dedicated, not as worried about the injury. I know the, the optics of it because it was Romeo and what we've dealt with him, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not questioning Romeo's dedication, but I don't think it's on the same level as Jalen. So I'm confident Jalen's going to do, you know, every single thing he can do and everything he's told that needs to be done this offseason to get back to, you know, to optimal health. So I think, you know, three to six months, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to three. Um, I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath, but, you know, considering it's Jalen, I think I'm a little bit more confident. I think that's fair. And I think that's the biggest thing is that really, you know, just want him to be able to to go into next season healthy uh, would obviously be great <clears throat> for a number of reasons. So, um, you know, if anything, hopefully he, he just kind of rests up because it seems like maybe if anything, all of the strain from everything he's doing in this crazy schedule is just starting to wear on him. So hopefully in the end, maybe some of this rest will actually end up being a good thing for him. Cause it's, he, like you said, with, with his work ethic, it seems like he's kind of the kind of guy who, if people aren't almost forcing him to, to rest and take a break, he's not going to. So maybe it'll end up being a good thing for him and kind of recharge that battery, give him time to focus on some other things uh, off the court. So who knows? I think there's an opportunity here for growth. It's just probably not, not in the way that anyone had hoped for or expected. So, yeah, and just to, uh, to kind of wrap up on Jalen, because, again, I mean, he's young. This isn't a career-ending injury, hopefully, anything like that, obviously. But I guess to kind of reflect on his season and what we saw from him all year, we've talked a lot about how Jalen seems to make a big jump every season. He did that again this year, making arguably his biggest and most impressive jump, where he came from, like, a, a good young player to a true all-star. Do you think that there is room for another step? Do you see him stepping from all-star to all-NBA? Can he get himself into that, like, top 10, 15 players in the league? Or do you think this is kind of what he'll be, which obviously is not not a disappointment. He was awesome this year, but kind of this and maybe just a more polished version of this, or is there another big-ish jump for him to make? Um, I mean, I don't want to keep doubting him because he keeps proving me wrong, but <laughs> – yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think if I had to guess, I'd say, you know, maybe like you said, a more polished version of this. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Which, how much get, more efficient which is pretty damn get. good. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I don't so, want to I mean, say it like that's this, bad. Yeah. Maybe take like a small incremental, you know, slow growth over the next couple of years in his prime. Um, but I think the biggest jump he can make would probably be, you know, his playmaking, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, he's not terrible at but um you know being a better distributor um getting other people you know better shots easier shots um he has shown some improvement even just this year which um you know actually definitely Tatum has quite a bit as well so I think that's something that maybe Brad has been emphasizing on both of them you know telling them you know this is you know you guys can obviously score and um you know do your own thing but if they want to be really truly great, then you have to make your teammates better uh, and get your teammates, you know, open shots, better looks, uh, be able to distribute. So mm-hmm. um, that's the only thing I can really think of that could use some serious and not serious improvement, but that he could do this off season that would 
you know, take him in the you know, true leap into potentially all NBA. Um, I mean, even if he doesn't, you know, really master that, um, you know, just being who he is and just slightly polishing it up next few years. I mean, he'll still be, you know, he should be a perennial all-star um, and could even make an all NBA team just, you know, with, with seasons like this. Um, yeah. So, that's... I mean, if, if he doesn't improve at all, he's better than I ever expected him to be. And <laughs> yeah. with, with this product. Yeah, I think that's fair. And again, I mean, he gets a couple more points and assists the game. You look at those stats, he's on the all NBA team. So, it's not even like it's a giant leap that he would have to make, I guess. Uh, not so much statistically, just more in terms of, I guess, the player he can be. Like, how do you – I don't know. We've talked about it a lot. Do you still feel confident, I guess, that he can ultimately be, like, the number two guy on a championship team? Yeah, I mean, in our situation, the way we you know, mm-hmm. are hoping it pans out, which right. is Jason's the number one and Jalen number two, um, I think it's, yeah, I think he can be in this scenario. Um, if I think it depends a lot on uh, Jason though. I mean, if he, if Tatum takes, you know, keeps taking, you know, leaps, mm-hmm. which I don't even know if he took a huge leap this year from last year, but if he, oh, I, think you know, he did. I mean, if he gets better, continues to get better um, and he becomes, you know, a true, I don't know. He's probably, borderline top 10 as it is yeah um but you know if he can get up even you know top eight top five be one you know really considered right maybe one of the best players in the league then yeah jalen at this level slightly more polished version of it could is definitely good enough to be a number two we need um we would need you know a number three that's you know probably on the highest high end number three i guess but mm-hmm. yeah i think I think he could be a number two in the right, uh, in the right scenario. Um, you know, with Tatum taking a, um, you know, continuing his trajectory. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I do think he can be. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's kind of a given with Tatum on that question. Cause I think the thing a lot of people don't realize when they talk about like, is this guy good enough to do this? Is this guy good enough to do that? Can he do this? Can he do that? If you look at <laughs> who wins the championship every year, they're usually led by either like LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. <laughs> if not that, maybe what Steph Curry. And then you go back like Tim Duncan. So usually you need one of the five best guys in the league to compete for a championship. So I'm saying, I guess, under the assumption that Tatum continues to climb and in a couple of years can be that guy. Are you happy with Jalen as your number two? And yeah, I think we, we both agree. That's definitely good enough. Obviously you got to build out the roster around these guys. Don't, two stars really are winning a title all by themselves. But yeah, I think if you kind of have the average assortment of talent up and down the roster, he fits as a number two on a team that can and hopefully will win a title. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, his, his role is ideal as a number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, like you said, he's a three level scorer, plays defense, um, you know, when he's focused. Um <laughs> And, you know, he doesn't need the ball, but you can give him the ball and tell him, you know, do your thing. Yeah. You know, if you need a bucket, he can get you a bucket. Yeah. Um, you know, just because of, you know, his ability to score, you know, at the rim and, you know, now shooting threes, obviously. And his mid-range, I love his mid-range game. Um, yeah. So 
he's in the ideal scenario, Tatum's, you know, high end number one, top five player. And then Jalen's, you know, behind him somewhere in the top, I don't know, twenties or whatever. I mean, I guess the, the rankings don't really matter. I think it's just more to like gauge Mm -hmm. how good they are compared to their peers. Um, So it's kind of an arbitrary number, but it's fun to say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not much more we could say about Jalen. I think he's, he's been one of the best stories of the year for sure. Um, I think, you know, we both just wish him well and wish him a speedy recovery. And again, hopefully he'll be back and, and even better and ready to go next season. Anything else to add on Jalen? No, that's, I think we touched on it all. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, but staying in kind of the injury department, what I mentioned earlier with Rob Williams, uh, Jalen wasn't the only injured Celtic. And uh, the Rob Williams injury, man, it's talk about a guy who, again, it's one thing after another. We've been worried about knees and obliques and this and that with him and calves. And now it, it's turf toe. So <laughs> he had turf toe. They say that's usually like a two to three week recovery time. He came back after only missing a few games. But like I said, he played 11 minutes and then was ruled out. Wasn't manageable. Uh, he didn't look great while he was out there in that heat game. And now he's officially been ruled out for tonight's game. And uh, I, frankly, with Rob, like, I don't know, it's it's hard to at this point think he'll be 100 percent at any point the rest of this run. So uh, Jalen's obviously a better player, but I guess we have more guys who can kind of emulate what he does for this team. We have, we have more options to at least try to replace him in the short term, I guess. Um, Rob Williams. <laughs> I don't know how you really replace that. Like we could play Tristan more minutes, but then it's either Cornette, uh, Grant at center. Like, I don't know. We don't have really a lot of options without Rob. Uh, so I guess what are your, what are your concerns here? Short term and then, and then long term with Rob, like, are you at the point where you just think he can, we can never rely on him. He can't be healthy or is this just another fluke injury? Um, where do you land on Rob? I think it was, it was a really positive season for the most part. Um, and then the last few weeks, it's, it's been less positive. Let's just say. Well, I guess in the short term, I don't want to say who cares because the season's borderline over, but um, short term, you know, I just, I'd rather him just get healthy. Like who cares mm-hmm. about, you know, him coming in and getting into the, you know, playing game or whatever. I mean, I guess if somehow we miraculously, you know, get into the second round. Um, I don't know. Then you maybe you think about taking him back or getting back in there. But I just want him to get healthy. Um, I want everyone to get healthy. You want Jalen, you know, whoever's has these lingering injury, injuries. Let's just let's just do what we can to get them ready for next year. Um, try and strengthen whatever these areas of concern are. Right. Um, which obviously we're not doctors, so we don't really know um, what these specific injuries mean for um, Rob Um, and I guess at this point I mean I know you know he's only been in the league a few years um, so it's I don't want to say it's you know he's injury prone I mean I guess he is but I don't want to say it's like a you know career concern until you get you know a couple more years in because I mean it could be you know a series of bad luck but um sometimes you know these in these guys who are injury prone when they're younger sometimes they figure it out and like i know mm-hmm. it's hard to you know it's weird to say figure out you know being injury Health. prone but <laughs> yeah you learn how to stay healthier learn how to take care of your body better um 
you know, sometimes when you're younger, you just maybe you're more prone to injury for whatever reason. So yeah. um, sometimes people have guys who have struggle, uh, trouble, trouble staying on the court when they're younger, you know, they slowly figure it out and get more, um, you know, stay healthier. And I mean, you know, I'm not asking for 82 games out of Rob a year, but you know, you kind of manages um, his injuries and, you know, get him to play, you know, 70 and, you know, I don't, I don't mind him missing a dozen games a year, but um, as long as it's not, you know, lingering injuries, um, that's really the biggest part. I mean, you can, you can miss games, but if you're missing games and then you're having an injury that's, you know, lingering for another few weeks or whatever, then, you know, you're at risk of furthering injuring yourself, um, yeah. whether it's the same injury or something else. I mean, if you're compensating somewhere else and you, know, you right. can easily injure another part of your body. So, um, I'm not ready to be concerned long-term with him, but it's not promising. Um, and I, yeah, in short term, like I said, it's, you know, it's whatever season, <laughs> the season's coming down to an end. Like, wind it down. Let's just get everyone healthy for next year. Yeah. And I just hope that no one's long-term health or outlook has been negatively affected by this crazy season and schedule and trying to kind of ask too much of these guys. Cause yeah, the thing about Rob, the only thing is, like you said, it, it, he has always had these lingering issues. We've never really had a sustained run of good health from Rob at this point in his career. That's obviously worrisome. So I don't know if there's something they can do this offseason, maybe get him on a different type of training program or whatever. Like you said, we, we don't have any inside info or <laughs> any medical background, but I don't know if there's something he can do or change or kind of, rework his body or whatever uh to just kind of do something to help him stay on the court because again the Celtics are gonna have a really tough decision as now he's entering the last year of his rookie deal um and he's a guy who you know at, at his best there are people who are talking about a long extension around 20 million but you just I'm not sure I'm not sure what what it's really gonna be if if he has another year of being in and out of the lineup and just essentially not someone you can really rely on because I hate to say it, but he just has not proven to be someone you can rely on. So as much as I want to plan with him as the center of the future and slot him in as a, as a, as a building block, um, I'm not sure at, at what point the concern kind of outweighs the, the potential. We, we can't get locked into a $20 million contract with, uh, with Rob as much as I love the guy without knowing that he can stay healthy. Um, and I just don't know if that's ever going to, you know, we're ever going to get that assurance just because, I mean, how many years does he have left? Yeah. Contract? One more Two? year. Oh, just one more year. Yeah. So this will be a lot gonna... of time. A lot of times the, ex this is when the extensions will get done this right. off season. Not many guys go into the final year of their rookie deal with, uh, without something lined up. Right. So, I mean, we're, then we're not going to know. Um, and <laughs> no. I mean, unless it's like, unless it's at reasonable money, I don't know what I would consider reasonable money, but I wouldn't give him more than, I don't know. It's, I don't think I'd pay him more than 15. I mean, some ideally it'd be like 12 times, whatever too, mm -hmm. maybe even something short term to prove he can stay healthy. Um, you know, that's not a crippling contract for us. It's, you know, obviously good money for him. Um, but you know, yeah. there could be, there could be a young, you know, a young team with cap space. Yeah, be worth taking a flyer on him right uh, well i mean it's not like he's gonna be a free agent this summer right. or anything yeah. so 
we wouldn't lose him. And I mean, even after, even if we let it go to the end, he'd, he'd hit restricted free agency. So I guess that I don't want to get into like a hypothetical money type of conversation. I guess the idea is more like, do you still feel like Rob is our center of the future or do you feel like uh, our big man spot is kind of in flux? I think we have to at least see what his value is this off season. Um, I think he's a great fit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, someone like that would be perfect for this offense, but I'm not, you know, I'm not at the point where it's like, we have to see if it's going to be him or not. If we have a opportunity this summer where, you know, like I said, a young team wants to bring him in, um, give him, you know, an extension and then see if they can work with him and he can get healthy and, you know, we can get, you know, some veterans, um, to fill out the roster. Um, I'm not opposed to it at all. I mean, for the, so basically for the right deal, I'm, I'm, I'll move him. Um, yeah. it'll be sad to see, but I mean, that could be what's best for the team. And it, it, we're having, I mean, we're at a situation where we have, you know, three max contracts right now. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Fournier. Um, we'll get to him later, but Jalen's not a max contract for the record, but well, close to max. three, three max approaching max level contracts under his market value. But anyway, right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have three, three guys that are worth max money. Well, two, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's a big off season for the Celtics. It's a big off season for Rob. Yeah. So, I mean, getting ourselves, you know, another, you know, 15 to $20 million contract and a guy that we're not sure we can rely on. It's just not good business move, not a good basketball move. Um, so I think regardless what happens this offseason, you got to at least dangle him out there and see, see what the market's like for him. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, let's not get into trade scenarios, but <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll rehash a lot of this stuff when we get into the actual offseason yeah. officially, but yeah. I'm there with you. I mean, I love Rob. I love what I've, what I've seen from him. You know, when it looks good, it looks really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big off season. Like I said, he's got to get in shape. He's got to prove that he can handle this kind of load at the NBA level for a full season or, you know, what's it all mean? Not much. So yeah, it's uh, sad, sad to see. Um, still some hope. I mean, he, like he's, we don't know what's going to go on. He could come back and, have a great showing down the stretch in the play in and the playoffs or whatever. Like he hasn't been ruled out any East just still day to day. And they say that it's essentially like a pain management thing. So maybe it'll work out. But uh, again, it's just one thing after another with him. It's getting uh, concerning is, is probably an understatement. So um, yeah, get healthy Rob also. All right. Um, other takeaways from the last three games. Do you want to, rip on anything else uh do a little positivity check what are you thinking um i got uh i can do both in one <laughs> if you want a little, a little dual combination all right um, one of my actual biggest takeaways mm-hmm. from the last three games is fournier um and what it is i mean what we were looking for at the trade deadline was somebody who is exactly what Fournier is giving us right now. I mean, I think. Yeah. Um, we're looking for a wing that can score, you know, do a little bit of everything. Um, and he's proven to be exactly what we wanted. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, it's just, it's, that's why it's, you know, 
it's good and bad because it's disappointing because we got what we wanted and it hasn't done anything really for us as far as wins and losses. Um, but he's, I think he's perfect for this team. Um, he's been very efficient. He's a much better three point shooter than I thought. Um, he's just like, he's just a really solid score. Um, I thought from what I knew about him, he was more of a liability on D, but he's really not. He's been, um, he's not, you know, Kemba. He's not, you know, Jalen either, but he's, or Marcus, but he's, you know, he's solid. He can hold its own. Um, as long as he's not a liability, then I think he yeah. makes up for it on the offensive end. Um, so I'm really happy with what I've seen from him the last few games, which, so hopefully that means he's turned a corner a little bit in the, you know, from the COVID fog. Um, yeah. And it looks uh, like he has the last week or so. Yeah. He so, looks back to what we expected. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that was my number one takeaway other than, you know, the injuries. Um, so I'm really happy to see that. Uh, yeah. If this is who he is, then I would seriously look into re-signing him. Um, oh yeah. If we can make the numbers work. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get anyone even approaching, you know, his level. No. Um, well, there for, honestly won't be many guys near that level on the market. It's not a big right. free agent class. So no, I'm with you. I mean, I think that's probably the <clears throat> top or that's the priority one or one a in the off season is try to get Fournier locked up and get him back here. Um, Cause yeah, I'm with you. Like now we're finally seeing the real 11 Fournier. Um, like you said, it's bittersweet that it took this long and that when we finally see it is we lose Jalen. So we're never going to kind of get to see the full three wing scoring guys that we thought we were getting. But uh, yeah, I mean, even with that, I think it's looking like a better trade by the day. The fact that we basically turned two seconds into Fournier, who I think is a real part of this team. And yeah, I hope they keep him. I hope he's a, kind of a core guy going forward. I think he's earned that. And yeah, the fit is just perfect. And I don't think he's been a defensive liability at all. I think if anything, he needs just more time to learn this scheme. He came from playing or in Orlando in a Steve Clifford defense, which is miles and miles different from what the Celts play. And he just hasn't had time to practice. He hasn't had time to learn the schemes. He hasn't had time to play with these guys. So I'm really hoping we can lock him up at a reasonable deal and get a full off season with him kind of working out with the team. And, uh, learning what he's doing. Cause yeah, I think he's been a huge plus and probably the most positive takeaway, at least the last few weeks. So I'm uh, I'm with you there. I really, really hope we can find a way to, to make it work with Fournier. And I hope, um, <laughs> I hope he hasn't been like completely soured by uh, his time here, which I, you know, wouldn't be not that anything anyone else has done, just kind of the air of disappointment and negativity where unfairly to him i think he was thought that he would come in and help bring things together and again through no fault of his own that obviously hasn't been the case yeah um and i mean considering even even you know we've been playing as awful as we have it's still probably better than anything he's experienced in orlando so um, right from his perspective we're probably like you know playing unbelievable basketball and you know winning a lot of games so um I don't know. I guess we just got to see what the market is, see if we can bring it back. But the fact that, you know, he's been playing this well too is almost a bummer to me because I never really, you know, got to appreciate him in Orlando. I mean, I saw pretty much all I saw was him when we played Orlando and he had good games and whatever. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was just, I never really knew he was this kind of player. Not to say, you know, he's not like an all-star, but. Yeah. Um, well, you obviously didn't watch him on Team France very much. No, I didn't. I, I missed Team France. It was, uh, I was sleeping usually when they were playing. So, really? um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's great to see. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. He seems like he's got the right mindset and he seems like, you know, he's got a, you know, good attitude. Um, yeah. So, you know, he seems to fit in. And I know it's been a short sample size, but I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, how can you not be happy for him? Um, and just a stat, I think the other day he led the team in scoring on Sunday with 30. He is uh, the first Celtic, other than Tatum, Brown, or Kemba, to lead the team in scoring in, I think it was 43 games. So <laughs> it's like that scoring oh. punch off the bench, that extra wing score we talked about wanting all year. And again, he finally shows up and is ready to go. And of course, bye-bye Jalen. So it's the kind of season it's been, but yeah, I've, I've now, and last week when Fournier had been really struggling with the COVID, like we said, it was kind of hard to assess him. Whereas now, you know, only a week later, I'm feeling great. And I'm, I'm like you, like, get it done. Let's bring him back here. Let's, let's see what it actually looks like with a full, with a real training camp and an off season and hopefully health. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, We'll have a lot more to talk about in the offseason regarding this, but yeah, um, for sure. And I think so, he'll be the guy now who kind of steps into the the Jalen role. So for whatever we got down the stretch, like I think he's the starting, you know, I think our, our lineup now is what it was, but replace Jalen with Fournier. So he'll be thrust into that starter role. We'll be asking him to do even more. So uh, I don't know. I, it's like one of those things now where it's like, I hope with this extra role, he doesn't go too crazy in the playoffs. And then some team decides to give him 25 million a year in the off season. But yeah, let's shut him down. <laughs> Not quite what I said. Uh, <laughs> all right. Other takeaways. Um, second takeaway for me would be Kemba. Um, he's, you know, he's been playing well for the better part of, I don't know, a month now, maybe um, at least a few weeks, but these last three games, I've really liked what I've seen. Um, he's just playing energized. He seems to be playing really hard. Um, he's like one of the few guys that I feel like has been, you know, hasn't been taking any plays off. I mean, obviously he's not, a def- he's a miserable defender. So, I mean, I'm not going to hold that against him um, on the defensive end because he, mm-hmm. he just literally can't be a defender. So, um, the things he can control is his offense. Uh, he's been efficient. He's getting to the line more, which I love to see. Um, he's being, he's efficient from three. Um, he's, he's been playing well. I mean, I know he had, did he have a couple of 30 point games last year? I know yeah. he had at least one. I mean, he's been, yeah. he's just been he scoring. Was, uh, he was he's, one of the, over a stretch for almost a month. He had kind of quietly been like, uh, one of the leading scorers in the league for a while. He had yeah. a disappointing outing Sunday, obviously against Miami, but yeah. for that, yeah, it had been really impressive with Kemba. So I agree. I had that as a positive takeaway that I think he pretty much looks about like the old Kemba in terms of offense and in terms of being a scorer, but that kind of leads to the problem. Um, and here's where it gets tough and it gets interesting is that even when Kemba's like that, and the best version of this team, 
like I don't I just don't think we need a score first point guard, uh, which is what he is. So you mentioned how you can't blame him for the bad defense. And I guess you can't really. But watching that Miami game, they're just going at him over and over again in the post. And they're posting him up and either scoring against him, shooting over him or we're helping and they're kicking out to a wide open shooter, which is how they want to play. Um, I mean, that first half against Miami was a disaster. And I'm not just blaming Kemba because there were a lot of issues. And I think at some times you even, he gets scored on a couple of times. And then I think Brad kind of overreacted and we were helping too much because I think that's really what the Heat want. And then they're finding open shooters and picking us apart. So it was just really ugly. Um, But a lot of it just stems from Kemba. And like you said, there's nothing he can really do about it. So I guess my question is just, even with Kemba back to being the best version of himself, like, is that a winning recipe? Can we win with a guard like him who's someone you completely have to cover for on defense, who's really not doing a hell of a lot to enhance what Tatum and Brown do? Um, like, I, I don't want to, again, get too much into the offseason team building, whatever, but I kind of think the best version of this team is like a slightly bigger um, pass first point guard who's good at defense basically Marcus Smart so again when you you transition Smart to the point guard and then you play the Jays and Fournier so almost like three wings suddenly you you don't have any liabilities on defense you've got good size versatility and switchability across the board and we've got the two established 25 a game scored now so you don't really need a third scorer like Kemba I mean again if he was ever adjusting to like a bench roll to come in and in a lower volume, do something like this. Fine. But I don't know. I'm just, it, it, it becomes more and more like a fit issue where the other guys have kind of developed to a point where I'm not even sure at full strength. And again, we'll never know because this team never has and will be full strength, but I'm like not a hundred percent sure that in our best five man lineup, he's on the court. Is that crazy? Oh, it's not crazy. Um, You know, when I, when I say, you know, I'm happy to see him play well, it's, you know, strictly from an offense perspective and coming oh. from where, where he was. So, I mean, you know, not, it's not really a fact. Well, I'm not, obviously happy to see him play well too. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, the, the best version of this team, you know, is probably not with him in a primary scoring role as a starter, but mm-hmm. the best version of this team as it's currently constructed is probably him being healthy as our third scoring option as, you know, a primary scorer. Um, so going forward, I don't think that is going to take us to the promised land. Yeah. But this current version of the team, I mean, I think we need him. Um, you know, we, we still, you know, considering the bench, we get stagnant on offense. I mean, we can, we can go stretches without scoring you know, yeah. three, four or five minutes or whatever. Um, and he's been able to take us out of slumps like that, or, you know, limit, totally. the, limit those slumps. So he's not going to be good on defense. Um, he's doing what he can from, you know, what is in within his control, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, no. I don't, it's not, and, it's not commentary <laughs> on like the future of the team or well, right. Yeah. Optimal. And I guess it's just him personally. That's more the issue, I guess. Cause yeah, you're right. No, with the players we have now, like we're obviously much better with him than without him is, is not what I'm saying. We need him with this current roster, 
that the Celtics have. Um, and, you know, with his contract, it's not like there are a lot of options. I, I guess it's just more of like a style thing in general, whereas he's what we got him to be uh, when we signed him, like due to, I guess, the rise of the Jays, like we need a very different kind of player. So again, it's really, it's no fault of his own. I just, um, I'm just not so sure like his role is what we need any for it need anymore. So unless he's kind of dramatically going to change as a player. And like you said, it's not like he's ever going to change as some lockdown defender. So I don't know. It's tough when we see the best version of Kemba out there. Yeah. He definitely raises the ceiling and all that, but um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be very, very tricky to kind of figure out this, this puzzle going forward and having a point guard who teams like Miami smart teams seem to just be picking on over and over and over again is is tough and I mean we saw it to a similar level when we had Isaiah Thomas and it was like he could carry us in the regular season but you get into these matchups where teams are prepping and game planning for him and suddenly a team that was the one seed in the east is you know getting picked apart by Rajon Rondo in an eight seed so I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. And I hate to say it because I think everyone really loves Kemba. He's a great guy and it's been so brutal to watch him hurt and not be himself. And now when he finally is, it's, it's like, you know, there's still so many obvious issues that I just don't see how he can ever overcome. And it makes me wonder if sadly it might just never work out with Kemba in this group. Yeah. And it's, it's more of a off season, a question, I guess, when we're, you know, definitely going into, you know, I don't know, options for how to construct the roster going forward. But, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard not to love the guy. It is. I mean, unless you can't get over the fact that he wears a Yankees hat to Prince conferences, but I don't think that's the majority. <laughs> um, he's just, I don't know. It's nice to see his energy every day. It is. It know, is. Smiling. You know, I know a lot of people probably don't want to see you smiling when you're, you know, getting smoked, but. Mm-hmm. For some reason it doesn't bother me because I feel like it's more of a, you know, a way to kind of lighten the mood maybe. Yeah. Um, well, and it know. doesn't bother me either. Cause it seems like it's genuine. That's, that's yeah. who he is and it's always who he has been. So it's not one of those, <laughs> it's not yeah. like another guy where, you know, they don't have that reputation and you're seeing that and thinking like, do they even give a shit? Like I'm pretty confident. <laughs> yeah. I have no, no worries about Kemba's heart or his level of compete, stuff like that. So to just see that he's such a positive guy like that is, or certainly doesn't bother me. So, you know, love the guy. I don't know what it means going forward, but, um, you know, it's nice to at least see him be seemingly his old self, you know, or close to it at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree with you. Um, any other, any other takeaways you got? Um, I guess I think, you know, it was a takeaway last episode too, but, um, it's really starting to look like that Neesmith is, you know, here to stay. Um, you know, young players can get hot for stretches and then kind of, you know, come back to earth. I mean, I guess Pritch did it. It hasn't been a huge sample size for Neesmith, but the way he plays the game is, um, you know, it's, it's easy to replicate. Um, it's not fluky, really. It's not like he's going out there shooting, you know, 10 threes a game and, you know, hitting him at a 50% clip and that's how he's getting his buckets. The way he's playing is hustle, you know, working hard, um, rebounding hard, hitting the floor and loose balls. It's 
an effort. He's playing with a lot of effort. And if you play like that every game, you're going to contribute to winning. Um, and then you pair that with the fact that he is hitting shots. Um, you know, he's a valuable piece of this rotation now. Um, and, you know, should be a piece going forward. I don't know to what level, but he should, you know, it's looking like he's actually turning into, um, you know, a solid pick at the, you know, at where we drafted him. And, um, you know, I'm happy to see this from him. Um, happy for the kid. He seems like a good kid. Um, he's obviously working hard. Um, you know, you don't get to this point, especially in a Brad led team as a rookie without working really hard. So he's, you know, he seems to have taken over the, the Romeo role um, for the most part. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's safe to say he's not a fluke and, you know, this is, you know, at least who he's, what he's trending towards as, you know, an NBA player. Yeah. I had Neesmith written down as uh, my last takeaway as well. Cause yeah, just again, like you said, it's, it's one thing to see it for a few games here, but at this point it's getting to be a bigger sample size. It's getting to the point where, yeah, he feels like a solid contributor who you are confident in night to night, you know what you're getting when he's out there. He knows he's getting the minutes. Um, so I guess if there's like one silver lining about the Jalen injury, it's that now we're going to get a lot more high leverage minutes for Neesmith down the stretch here as he's playing well. So hopefully that'll speed along his progress and development perhaps could be one potential benefit, but yeah, it's everything you mentioned, but then it's also all that confidence, all that effort, all that energy. Now the shots are falling and not just like, Oh, he's hitting some shots. He's been sniping lately. And uh, I'm not, I don't want to undersell it, but since he became a part of the rotation. So since his last DNP, he's shooting over 50% on three uh, in the last month of games, he leads the entire NBA in three point shooting percentage over 50%. So that's not just rookies. That's everybody. So again, you know, he's not saying he's going to shoot 50% on threes for his career, but he was drafted as a sniper. They said best shooter in the draft. We weren't seeing it. Now we're seeing it. So again, that's the piece where, and again, it's, it's more and more of the shame that as these other guys, as Fournier, Neesmith, Kemba are getting right, we lose Jalen and Rob. So disappointing in that sense, but yeah, absolutely thrilled with, uh, what we've seen from Neesmith down the stretch and hope that, you know, that'll definitely be something I'm watching for uh, in these last few games and whatever play in or playoffs come after that, just to see, you know, if he belongs on the court and in those high leverage situations so far recently, he's been proving that he can. Um, so hope to see more of that. And then, yeah, as a guy who was just drafted in the lottery is still only 20 years old and is showing this kind of skill set. I think he's, he's definitely a, a big part of the plan moving forward. And, is you mentioned all the kind of concerns with money to have a guy like that on a cost controlled rookie deal, who's also contributing is absolutely critical. And the lack of that has been plaguing the Celtics for at least the, you know, most of this season, last season, et cetera. So for him to be a real rotation piece uh, going forward and hopefully more is beyond critical. He's yeah, he's, he's a good player. Um, you know, we never, we were never expecting him to be an all-star, but we don't need him to be And this, with this team, you know, he's hit, you know, be an efficient shooter. He's seems like he can actually finish at the rim better than I expected. You know, at least at this point in his career, mm -hmm. he's kind of, I guess he's more athletic than I thought too. Um, and his defense, I know was a work in progress when he came into the draft, but 
it's been fine. Um, especially he's making up for it with, like I said, the loose balls and just hustling and yeah. no, defense and has been good. I would go yeah, as far as to it's, say it's good. Um, so, I mean, if this, even if this is, you know, this is how he plays, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe he gets a little bit more you know, touches offensively. Maybe they start drawing up some plays for him here and there, but I mean, I don't know if he can just be a double digit scorer and play, you know, the rest of his game is, you know, how it is now. That's, that's a good pick and that's a good player to have under team control rookie deal for, you know, however many years, four more years, three more years. So, Definitely. um, really encouraging. I'm happy. You know, that's one of the mm-hmm. bright spots I think this year and um, going into the off season. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we held on to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other takeaways? That was, that was all I had really from the actual games and health reports. Um, no, that was it. I mean, I, kind of, I guess I had Rob on there, but it was mostly, mostly just injuries and him not looking 100%. And now we, you know, now we know that's the case. So we already touched on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So now, again, we got the game against Miami tonight. Uh, second game. I'm not exactly looking forward to watching it but this would be very kind of <laughs> it would be classic Celtics to look great tonight and win and suck us in one last time. Um, <laughs> but as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, it, lose tonight. And I think you can pretty much all but guarantee that we'll be in the play in game. We're not going to make up that three game deficit to the heat. If we lose tonight, I just <laughs> don't see any way how anyone could, could expect that to happen. Um, win tonight, we'd be one game back of Miami. We'd have the tie break. So it would certainly still be within reason that we could put it together enough to catch them and finish sixth. Um, and then we would avoid the play in, uh, but have a first round matchup with the Bucks. So just, uh, again, we have Miami tonight at home, and then we finish with three road games at Minnesota, at Cleveland, and then at the Knicks on Sunday in, uh, the regular season finale. So, I guess just now with, with this injury news, how does this kind of reset things? Like, what are you looking for and expecting in these last four regular season games? What do you want to see? And then in the potential most, most likely play in, um, and then perhaps still playoffs. Like, what do you think is the most likely outcome and, and what do you want to see happen here? I still think we have, a, I don't know. I don't even know if outside, I think we have a decent shot maybe even say 50, 50 that we can climb out of the play in game. Um, I'm not, you know, if I was putting, I want to put money on it, but if we can win tonight, I'd say we have a decent shot at it. Um, you know, we'll be one, like you said, we'll be one game back in Miami. We have the tire break. Miami has in theory, a tough schedule coming up. I mean, they have us, then they have the Sixers and the box and then the Pistons at the end of the year. This old Pistons have mailed it in. So, um, but I don't know if the Sixers. I know they have. Let's see, what do they have now? Uh, they're pretty much. Game they're pretty much locked the into the. Yeah, that's yes. the thing. So and I the mean, Bucks, they, the Bucks yeah. don't have much to play for either, unfortunately. So. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? I, I mean, know. the the Bucks are only, you know, they're only one game back, I guess, with Brooklyn. So maybe they're fighting for that two seed. But I don't know if that's even important to them. I think um, the Bucks. The Bucks' biggest reason to to potentially try in that game would be if they just would rather play the Celtics than the heat in a seven game right. series. <laughs> That's true. So I don't know, assuming, assuming everyone plays, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they have a much tougher schedule, but yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, but they, it hasn't really mattered who the Celtics opponents are in terms of like oh, yeah, easy exactly. hard games. So that's where I was. Yeah, I was going to go there after. We'll tip, probably I mean. beat Miami tonight and then like lose to Cleveland or something. Yeah, we, yeah we'll lose two out of the, the last three games. I mean, we, we do have the Knicks. Yeah. I know for a lot of the mm-hmm. for a while now, we've been saying how that last game against the Knicks could be a big game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, might... we're not going to pass the Knicks, obviously, at this point, but right. um, it is Might not mean be much a at good all. game for the play. And I, yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, if it comes down to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, I don't really care. So I just want to, it's either in the plane or out of the plane. That's all I really Yeah. Like well, and at that point, I mean, there's a big, so the for anyone who's not super familiar with the play-in, the seven plays the eight, the winner of that gets the seven seed. Right. Then the nine plays the 10. The loser is eliminated. The winner of the 9-10 game plays the loser of the 7-8 game for the 8 seed. So it seems very unlikely the Celtics would drop past 8. So most likely we will have one game, probably against Charlotte, it looks like now, to win and be in as the 7, lose that, and then it looks like we'd have one game against probably the Pacers or Wizards that would be for the 8 seed. Um, So yeah, as (laughs) up and down and banged up and inconsistent as things have been, I still think there's a, a, a really good chance we're at least going to somehow find a way into a playoff series. Like w- what would you put the odds there that we still play a seven game series, whether we're the six, seven or eight seed? I think, I think we're going to be in the series um, just from the way this season will likely play out. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Celtics would show up for, uh, you know, especially if it was a one game playing series where seven or eight, Mm-hmm. I'm actually not worried about them showing up for that game. Um, that seems like a game they would, you know, it's do or die. And I mean, I know we've been saying some of these games are must win, but this is actually a must win <laughs> game. So I think, right. I think they'd be focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much time there'd be between the last regular season game and the playing game. Um, oh, not much, not, not much. much at all. Uh, one day so, off. <laughs> one day. All right. So then it doesn't really matter. I was going to say maybe they have more time to, no. to prepare, but uh, so it's basically just another game. But still, uh, if the Celtics want to play hard and turn it on, they can do it. And mm-hmm. I think they would for that game. And then they'd break our hearts in the, in the next <laughs> round. Well, so, and they still, I mean, again, I just listed the teams we're playing. It's Charlotte. Probably looks like from now that would be without Hayward. Uh, the Pacers, who are, you know, been certainly just as much of a mess as the Celtics, if not more. The Wizards, who are coming on, but now Bradley Beal has been ruled out for the, the, with a hamstring injury, so there's no guarantee he would play. So even with everything that's happened to the Celtics, I still think, like, and again, you'd have to lose two in a row to both of those teams, Charlotte and then one of the Wizards or the Pacers. So, yeah, I just think there's too much talent on the Celtics and too many guys who have too much pride to lose all those games um they've proven me wrong before but yeah i still would be very surprised if the celtics don't end up in a seven game series in some way or another yeah um i am i I'd, i wouldn't be thrilled to play the hornets to be honest um <laughs> i mean not that i don't think we can beat them yeah we did but we have but i don't know they're kind of a they're a good team and they don't they're a solid team. I know they're they're a solid team. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They can they look great, but they, yeah. I mean, they lost to the Pelicans the other night at home with no Ingram or Zion. So, right. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's them can, being right. young and inconsistent, but mm-hmm. they don't seem to have, they don't really fear anybody. I mean, no. they play, they, they can, play, they can they win any good. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I, I, I still think we beat them, but mm-hmm. um, out of the other three, you know, the other two options, that's probably the team I'd least would be willing to play the least or be less excited about. Yeah. And well, again, that as it stands, they're the eight, we're the seven. So that wouldn't be a do or die game in the sense that we could lose to the Hornets and then would still get a chance against the winner of right. Wizards Pacers. Um, and I mean, at that point, <laughs> you're playing Brooklyn or Philly, like I'd almost rather lose the first one and take my chances against Philly. I don't know. I mean, we're not going to probably, there's no reason to think the Celtics would beat either of those teams in a series, especially with now the injuries we're facing. But if you had to pick one, I I still think I'd rather play Philly than Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the past we've had Philly's number this year. Mm -hmm. We haven't beaten this year, right? No, no. And and in those games, I don't think we've even looked particularly good. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess historically I'd prefer to play them just because, you know, we have played well against them in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And Brooklyn's just, I mean, a healthy Brooklyn, they cannot be stopped. I think, <laughs> no. I think you can slow down Philly, mm-hmm. but you cannot stop Brooklyn. Um, and without Jalen, we can't keep up with them on offense. Um, we won't, without Jalen, we won't be able to slow down you know, any of their three offensive, you know, the big three. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's probably a sweep, to be honest, maybe with five games, Philly, we can probably take it, you know, take them six games, seven games, maybe if we get lucky, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. And I think obviously Philly, I'd rather lose to Philly than lose to Kyrie Irving, I guess. So, oh, I guess if that makes any sense. I mean, I hate. I don't. I don't love either idea. <laughs> I don't like Philly, and I mean, but you know, we've we've beaten them up so bad the last few years yeah. that I guess it almost, yeah. in a way, feels like the reverse. That like the nightmare season Philly had last year feels yeah. kind of like the season the Celtics are having this year. Um, right. And of course. Philly's season last year culminated with Simmons going down right before the playoffs and losing him, how we've kind of lost Jalen. So uh, it sucks, but I would also use that as kind of a reminder that if you look at one year ago, everyone was saying, you know, Philly needs to blow it up and they need to, they can't win with these two guys and they're not leaders and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Hey, one year later, they're in the driver's seat for the one seed. So Celtics fans need to remember that. And also for any Celtics fans, not that I've actually heard like a lot of this sentiment out there, but anyone who thinks that the Celtics should somehow try to tank out of this uh, playing game. I don't know. I mean, for, for what I guess would be my response to that. Cause it's at this point, even if that happened, you'd get from like 17th pick to most likely 14th. Um, they'd have a 0.5% chance at the number one pick and a 2.4% chance at a top three pick, which again, otherwise it would drop to 14th. So I don't think it's worth the difference in 17th to 14th to not, um, you know, go down swinging, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. And, and I, I think, again, like I said, too, too much pride on this team, too many guys who have already done this and won and who are just just too good. I mean, Jason Tatum is played like a borderline MVP for the last month and a half. You're not just going to tell him we're, we're throwing in the towel because guys are injured. They're going to go down fighting. They're going to go down swinging. So no expectations anymore. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can pleasantly surprise us, at least go down f- fighting and look good and I guess make us proud to be fans. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's much more upside to 
playing out the season hard, um, showing, you know, the team, the team doesn't want to, they don't like being embarrassed. No. They've, they've played and, you know, at times embarrassing basketball. Um, Definitely. You know, they have, this team has a lot of pride. I mean, Jalen was a big part of the, the pride, but you know, he's, he's still gonna be part of the team. It's not like he's, you know, gone forever. So yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of value in playing hard, seeing if they can put, you know, a few good games of basketball together and <laughs> maybe end on a higher note going into the off season. Cause I mean, if you have these yeah. guys just lose out the regular, the rest of the season and miss the playoffs, then they're going to be mm-hmm. some really disgruntled players here. Um, yeah, you know, disgruntled players, disgruntled fans, disgruntled everyone, and yeah, I yeah. think like it's kind of how you how you feel going into the off season. If you go f- compete and fight, and well, even if that would mean just winning the seven seed and taking a couple games off Brooklyn or fighting hard, like again, no one's expecting them to win a playoff series now, mm-hmm. but look decent, look like there's something to at least build on. And a lot of these guys, I think there's so much question moving forward about a lot of these guys. We already mentioned it with Fournier, but you know, Kemba, if Kemba just looks disastrous down the stretch here and then <laughs> the number one offseason priority is probably trading him. If it looks good. And again, where we look like a good team in the playoffs, then that changes the equation. So I think there's still, still a lot to be determined in terms of what will be kind of the plan going forward and what our priorities will be. And, and a lot of that will probably be established by whatever happens this week and then in any postseason, I'll call it. <laughs> yeah, just, just give us some, just give us some basketball to watch to finish out the year. I mean, give us something to give us some, some enjoyable games at least. Yeah. Make it, make it, you know, play, play hard. Let us know that like you care and that you want to win games and that you don't mm-hmm. want to just, just fade out into you know the off season and just end on an embarrassing note. Show us that you have some pride. And, right. you know, I'll be uh, content, I guess, if that even is the word. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, know. let's no, just, and let's just end s- on as high a note as we possibly can. You still got Jason Tatum. You've got Marcus Smart. You've got Kemba Walker. Those are those are damn good and damn proud basketball players. They're not going to roll over. Um, you know, you know that they have a lot of pride but they're going to go out there and, and lay it all on the line. And again, hopefully, hopefully they could surprise us. And uh, who knows, uh, like I said, that we have, a, no matter what, we're going to have a long off season to talk about everything else. So let's just try to enjoy what games we have left and any, anything we can, we can see and kind of build on for the future. And I don't know, just appreciate, appreciate what, uh what we did have in this, awful cursed season how at least there were some some positives that we can take away and hopefully we can see a few more down the stretch here uh, fournier is playing for a contract so he's sure. he's not he's he's going down swinging i'm sure yeah and i mean tatum's tatum's playing for if he makes an all nba team that's 32 oh, million dollars right. over the course of his contract so tatum certainly isn't going to throw in the towel in the season because he's probably right on the cusp for the, one of the last all nba spots at forward so he's got a hell of a lot to play for and then like I said, Fournier is playing for a contract. Uh, Kemba and Smart are playing to prove that they should be a part of this team going forward. Um, every everyone and all, everyone else who's now going to get a chance because Jalen is out. Um, you know, maybe that's opened the door as like this is probably the last chance for some guys like 
draft, maybe semi like Grant Williams, et cetera. So who's going to use this opportunity? Who's going to step up? I don't know. Hopefully someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that's, that's gotta be the plan. Um, you know, with ownership and, you know, coaching, it's, it's in the team's best interest to have everyone on the team play as well as possible. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I guess obviously you don't want too much competition for Fournier in the offseason, but I mean, you want him to, you want to see how well he can be play. <laughs> and I mean, the better Kemba plays, maybe it makes his trade value a little higher. The better, you know, some of these um, younger players play, maybe they have a better opportunity to, you know, continue their career somewhere else. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we know, I think we know who everyone is in regards to, you know, the Celtics, but, you know, yeah. you guys are playing for their careers, yeah, really. their livelihoods their livelihood so mm-hmm. um, so I, yeah, I think I think we're gonna see some motivation uh, yeah and just hopefully that playing motivated is good enough to win us a few games and I'll tell you one last thing that I don't want to see but I can already see it coming is uh as soon as the Celtics look good you know whether it's tonight or any of these games down the stretch or whatever you know that someone's going to start the nonsense of, Oh, see, we're better with Jalen. And you know, the Jays can't play together. We're better with only one and yeah. whatever other nonsense. So please everyone don't do that. <laughs> no matter gonna, what. That's definitely going to happen. So yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna, it's coming one way or another. This will help someone's narrative about how they, you know, don't work well together. So like I said, remember what people were saying and writing about the Sixers at this time last year mm-hmm. and where those two stars and that team is now. Um, so, you know, as disappointing and discouraging as a lot of this season has been, we've still had a shitload of positives. Um, and especially with, with Tatum and Brown. So, uh, Again, let's not let's not dump on anyone while they're down, which would be any any negativity about Jalen over what happens about these next few games is severely misguided. Yeah. And you know, the Philly comp is, is a good one. And you gotta remember all they had to do was get a new coach and a new GM and now look at them. So just uh that's for another time, but just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, like I said, we started somber. I think we've, we've done our best to be as positive as we can about what can really only be described as a shitty situation. No Celtics fans are happy. Uh, I think every Celtics fan is largely disappointed, but again, uh, it is what it is. This has been the story all season. So like, like you said, it's, it's kind of a fitting end in terms of, uh, the health and now we can stop even convincing ourselves that there's any hope of, of perfect health and a real run in the playoffs. So now we can just kind of disconnect from those expectations, sit back and just kind of watch as a fan, try to enjoy it, try to look for positives. And uh, I would say, you know, we may not have, have a, any more Celtics basketball for a while after this week. So let's, let's make the most of it and appreciate what we do have. Anything else to add? Um, no, I mean, I think we pretty much touched it all. I mean, we we had a lot of material for just three games missed, so or three yeah, last episode, so right. Um, I mean, I think I think I'm good. Yeah. So uh, again, we'll be back next week. Uh, the regular season ends this Sunday, so when we record next week, we will know exactly where the Celtics stand, whether it's the six, the seven, maybe even the eight. 
most likely we will spend next week's pod talking about obviously these next few games down the stretch, but largely previewing most likely the play-in game and the mini little play-in bracket. So we'll have a better idea of where we stand, what we're up against um, and kind of what, what this team can be as, you know, we've obviously played plenty of games without Jalen Brown, but now we playing in a different way, knowing that um, he's not coming back and this is what we've got for the rest of the year. So we'll see how that adjusts kind of roles, attitudes, outlooks, and all that. Um, We'll have a lot more to talk about. So thanks for joining us. Enjoy the end of the regular season this week as much as as much as humanly possible. Uh, and we will see you next week. Should have never sent him to pick up the work for Spray the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all gone. His tech cursive on the jets. He was gonna show on John. They were sleeping on the garden and dawn.